Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com. We've been in this series. Uh, we do series around here. I never thought I'd be a series guy. I'm not very serious-ish, you know. And so it's just one of those things that I got surprised by. You know, starting this church was, I was anti-starting this church. I was, I didn't want to do any church. I didn't want to lead a church. I'm, people in this room can tell you I actually cried about having to do it, you know. And so it's all good. It's all right. But we're here anyway. And now I love it. <laughs> in case you're worried, I actually enjoy it now. It's good. <laughs> But we've been in this series, and it really does help to just put it all in a box called Family, the Church, and Kingdom Leadership. And I love the strategy of God because today I'm actually ordaining nine of my senior leadership team members. It'll be a very special time at the end of the message here. We're going to have them up here. We're going to do a foot washing ceremony. So it's going to be awesome and probably uncomfortable, but that's okay. I'm good with that. Those who are comfortable are in no need of the comforter. So just cry out the Holy Ghost if it makes you really uncomfortable. He'll come. That'll be good. But we've been uh, speaking on this main concept, laying a foundation for what leadership looks like in family, the church, and the kingdom. I'm not going to recap everything because I don't have time, but we have our podcast and YouTube available. Please go listen to that. Here's the bottom line that I want everyone to take away from this whole series. True leadership is what? Oh, did my job. True leadership is servant leadership. When there's crickets, when I ask those questions, I didn't, I didn't do my job, but you got it. Interior leadership is servant leadership. It's from the bottom up, not from the top down, all right? And we've shared some things. I'm just going to repeat a couple things, that there is actually no biblical precedence for leadership coverings. None. None. There's only precedence for laying the foundation of a church. The foundation of the church is built on the apostles and prophets of Christ as the chief cornerstone. The language is all foundational. It's all bottom up. It's all servanthood. I'm not upset with you if you use the covering language. I'm just telling you I want to be biblical in my Christianity, and I don't think that it's helpful to use words that aren't in there. Just don't think it's helpful. It's not bad. It's not helpful, okay? I saw a meme just yesterday. I'll share it with you because I'm not one of those purists. Like, it's not in the Bible. I don't believe it. Uh, it said at the top, it said, it's not, if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. And then the very next bottom said, uh, you don't believe that Australia exists. <laughs> it also said, you don't believe that koala bears and kangaroos exist. And I could add to those, like, airplanes aren't in the Bible. I use them, you know. Cars aren't in the Bible. I use them, you know. The Bible's all about God, but not all of God's in the Bible. The Bible says that at the end of the book of John. It says if everything Jesus had done, just Jesus on the earth, everything Jesus did on the earth is not in the Bible. (laughs) It's a snapshot. That's absolutely right. So the Bible reveals the person of the word. Amen? So in our attempt to follow after Jesus, who is the word made manifest, made flesh, we should be looking at the structures and outlines that God has designed. That's what this whole series is about, that God's designed for leadership in family, the church, and the kingdom. Amen? Good? Are you with me? All right, we've been sitting on this verse, Matthew 20, 25 through 28 in the Amplified says, Jesus called them to himself as his disciples and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles have absolute power and lord it over them, and the great men exercise authority over them, tyrannizing them. It is not that this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your help me servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave, just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, 
and to give his life as a ransom for many, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. That's good news. That means he paid the price to set you free from the penalty of sin. He didn't just forgive your sin. He set you free from the effect of sin, the penalty of sin. It's called iniquity. All right? Come on. This is good news. I'll, I'll just make, I'll preach me happy. It'll be good. I'll preach me happy. It's good. If you are new, I really do like sound and feedback and noise. I'm a musician. You know, when you're having a good meal that you enjoy, you make eating noises. It's kind of like that. I'm good with that. You know, and if you eat something you don't like, you go, Bleh. you know, that's fine too. I'm, I'm good with both. I just want to make sure you're breathing. Okay. It's good. You know, you get in front of like 120 people and they stare at you. It's a little weird. Just saying. want to make sure we're connecting. Anyway, today, focusing on the kingdom, I have just this statement that I need you to understand, okay? All of the church is in the kingdom, but not all of the, king, of the kingdom is in the church. Let me say that again. All of the church is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the church. Let me prove it to you. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, Jesus said, pray then like this. You know this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in the church as it is in heaven. What? Oh, that's not what it says. That was a joke. I know it doesn't say that. (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven. What is the earth? The earth is the world. The whole world is supposed to experience the kingdom. The problem is we're trying to get the whole world into our church. And God is trying to get the kingdom through the church to the world. Ephesians 3.10 proves this. It says, it's just, if I break it down for you, the wisdom of God is displayed through the church, not just to the church. The wisdom of God is supposed to be displayed through the church, not just to the church, okay? And... Let me, let me just make it practical for you. If you feel like the highest form of spiritual calling is becoming a pastor, you're thinking about this the wrong way. If you think the highest form of spiritual calling is to teach the Bible, you're thinking about this the wrong way. If you think that if we just get the mayor into our church and they listen to our sermons and then our city will change, you're thinking about this totally the wrong way. If I just get the church praying for the mayor... In Tampa, I know where we are. I know who our mayor is. Okay. Just seeing how angry I can make you. It's good. It's good. We've got this paradigm where we're like, if we just get those people out there in here and teach them to be like us, then the world will change. No, the church is the ecclesia. It's the called out ones. It has a function. It's to display the manifold wisdom of God to even the rulers and authorities in the spiritual realms. We're supposed to be the display of his wisdom, okay? It's not supposed to be a holy huddle. It's supposed to be a holy virus. I can prove this to you 11 times till next week, but I'll just give you a couple things here. Revelation 11.15 is actually... It shows us that God's kingdom is supposed to influence and reign over every kingdom. It says, the seventh angel sounded. This is at the end of the age. And it says, this is what's going to happen. There were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Where? In the kingdoms of this world. They've become the kingdoms of our Christ. Listen, we don't need politicians to come to our church. We need our politicians to be led by the kingdom. You're like, well, doesn't the church influence? Yes, the church reveals the wisdom. But the problem is, 
we, we think that hanging drywall is less spiritual than preaching a sermon. We think loving our children at home and teaching them the ABCs is less spiritual than teaching the Bible. It's not. It's the kingdom of God advancing if you do it unto the Lord. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It says, this verse says that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. All right? There's, you might, oh, there's a thing out there called dominion theology, dominionist, and people get pegged that. I'm probably pegged that. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I do believe we're supposed to take dominion, but that doesn't mean that we make them look like us. It doesn't mean that, okay, I can break it down a little bit differently for you. If you're called to politics and you preach, we are not advancing the kingdom. Okay, if you're called to, I mean, pick it. If you're called to just be a great dad who makes a bunch of money and leaves, a gener- leaves a, uh, an inheritance for his children's children, like it says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I want to be a good man. Hello? That's the Bible. Well, anyway. Prosperity gospel. He's preaching the prosperity gospel. No, I'm just preaching the good news. I want to be a good man leave an inheritance to my children's children. Yes, I do. If you're supposed to just work hard and own a business and, and be a tycoon of industry and stuff, and someone says, no, 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 you need to go on a missions trip. You need to live in Africa or something like that. We're not advancing the kingdom. Because... Industry, business, marketplace needs kingdom influence and kingdom leadership. Doesn't need to have prayer meetings before every business meeting, but it needs kingdom leadership. Are you following me? If if you're expecting your workplace to have worship gatherings every Monday morning, and that would be a move of God in your workplace, you're missing the point. God is moving in your workplace as soon as you step in the building. Let me put it this way. God's trying to move in your workplace, but you have it looking, you want it to look like church instead of work. We're trying to force the church into the world instead of through the church releasing the kingdom to the world. It's not about getting them here. It's about you going out and being the change that you wish to see in the world, all right? It's about you going and giving away something amazing that they actually want because the kingdom, if you have to answer this, what is the kingdom? That's, that's, the, that's the question, right? If it's not the church, if the kingdom, not all the kingdom fits in the church, it's actually defined for us, Romans 14, 17. It, Paul says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And let's break that down. What would it look like for righteousness to rule and reign in politics. Does that mean everybody has to be a Christian? (laughs) Right answer. That was my mom saying no emphatically. But you're like, not sure. You're like, I'm not sure. I thought that's how it worked. That's not even how it worked biblically, all right? Like, you ever heard of Cyrus? You ever heard of Daniel? You're Nebuchadnezzar, all these guys? Come on. Righteousness, literally, let me give you the best definition I've ever heard of righteousness. It's everything as it should be. It's just right. They just do the right thing. I don't need my representatives to pray to God. I need them to do the right thing. It would be great and awesome, and God's desire is for them to know him, but I'm talking about righteousness ruling on the earth. Are you following me? Is that okay? Righteousness, all, everything is right. Okay, It's all right. Now, here's the deal. If you need... The organizations that you eat at or shop at to 
to be righteous for you to shop at them, then you're waiting for a day that has not come yet, that will not come for a long time, and will probably, you might not see it, okay? Because you're not actually advancing the kingdom. I need to, I need to get straight with you, and I'm a little nervous too. I don't know why. I'm feeling nervous right now. It's weird. Just letting you into my process. Is that okay? Feeling weird. I don't care if Target has transgender bathrooms. If you stop shopping there, you're not advancing the kingdom. Because there are people that work there that need a kingdom, a lover of God to get in their space. If you think withholding your goods and stuff, withholding you from them is the way God does it, you just, I don't know what to say to you. (laughs) I just don't know what to say. Remember Peter, he goes out fishing the first time that his nets get full, all right? His nets get chock full to the point of breaking. He has to have help to bring them in, right? And then do you remember what Peter says to Jesus before Jesus says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers? Before he says that, Peter, seeing his nets full, seeing that Jesus filled his nets, he drops to his knees and says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. It's actually the kindness of the Lord that leadeth unto repentance. You want... Fill in the blank organization to change. Go fill their nets. <laughs> Go pay off your worst enemy's mortgage. Go mow their lawn when they're not home for a year and make them find you doing it. True leadership, if we're leading anyone to the kingdom, is going to look like servant leadership, not boycott leadership. Listen, I love my Jesus chicken too, but if Popeye's is on the way, I'm going to get it. It's just going to happen, all right? I'm not... (laughs) Heresy. (laughs) We only eat Chick-fil-A. They're closed on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A. Number one with the limit. All right. So, yes, I'm singing Kanye West in church, trying to mess you up. The kingdom encountered that guy. That's what happened. The kingdom came, and all the church is not sure what to do with it. I don't know. I'm in a weird mood, deciding how much trouble to get into. So whatever. I'm on a I'm on a forum. With all these worship leaders, I used to lead worship. I still do every now and then. Uh, I'm on this forum with like thousands of worship leaders. And I saw someone in there. Totally no one would know this person. I, they're, you know, it would be very weird if you knew this person or if you're in this group, whatever. So not to dishonor them or whatever, but they just put out the thought that they actually messaged some people that got saved at Kanye's concert. And he and the guy was saying, none of them could explain the gospel to me. And I said, I commented, I couldn't help myself. It's a private group. I said, well, the next time I lead thousands of people to the Lord, I hope nobody questions them the next day about the gospel in a way to expect them to teach it to me one day removed from encountering it themselves. I just hope the next time I lead a thousand, two thousand people to the Lord, I just hope that you, you don't question them. I just, for me, I'm talking about me now, I'm talking about me. 
Everything needs to be set right. And the reality is, if the principles of the kingdom, the principles of righteousness get displayed through you to them, they're going to want the source of the principles. They're going to want the prince of the principles, the prince of peace that you carry. This is how you entice them. This is how you draw them in. Righteousness is everything as it should be, okay? Remember Zacchaeus? Remember Jesus uh, called him down off the tree and up the vine? And he said, he went to his house and he said, would you, you know, make me lunch, basically. He said, I'm going to eat at your house, you know. When God says, I'm going to eat at your house, you throw a party. It's just, you just do it, right? So they're eating. And just by being in the room with Jesus, by being in the room with Jesus, hear what I'm saying. By being in the room with Jesus... He just spontaneously stands up. He says, whatever I've stolen, I'm giving back. And I, if anyone, I've defrauded anyone, I'm going to pay him back four times. I think it is. Four times. I'm going to just bless these people I've defrauded. You know what Jesus said? He said, salvation has come to this house. He didn't respond to an altar call. He didn't pray a prayer. He didn't pray or fast or read. They were having a party. Okay? Probably having a little bit of wine. There's always wine around Jesus, all right? Then, <laughs> that was for all my Pentecostal friends in the room. It's good. All right, all right. <laughs> They're having a party. At a party with Jesus, he receives salvation, according to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus saw righteousness reigning in his heart. He saw everything being made right. What was wrong was made right. That's what it looks like. Zacchaeus didn't start a church. He didn't go on a missions trip. He set things right. That's the kingdom advancing. Are you following me? This is what it looks like for the kingdom advance. Now, if, if they come to your church after or whatever, that's great. It's great. They should get plugged into a local church, things like that. I'm not anti-church, okay? I started one. <laughs> Begrudgingly, I'll be it, but I started one. Here we are. So I got to move quick now, but peace, peace is wholeness. It means nothing missing, nothing lacking, okay? And joy is great pleasure. I define joy as blissful contentedness, okay? So we're supposed to be giving these things away. We're supposed to be giving away a, a way to make things right, right? Like I know there's justice people in the room. You want things to be set right, but you got to do it with peace and joy. You can't leave two-thirds of the kingdom behind in order to advance righteousness, that's, that's standing up for what you're against instead of giving them someone that you're for, right? You've got to be able to take the whole kingdom with you. So I don't really trust preachers that have no joy. Just don't. <laughs> and I, I, I yell at you. I, I get straight with you, but I still, I got joy. I tell, I'm telling you, I got, I don't, because, whatever. Anyway, I'm not talking about being on the nose preachers. I'm talking about preachers that don't have joy in their life. Like, if I go to lunch with you, and it's just it's a really annoying, boring, mean, crotchety time, I ain't going to listen to your sermon. Okay. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what the kingdom looks like. We're to give those things away. All right? Guess what? Newsflash is you actually received the whole kingdom when you received the king. So if you think you don't have something to give because you can only give what you have, right? If you need $100 and I only have 10, I can't give you $100. But if you need $100 and I have 1000 I can give you $100, right? Because I have it to give. You have righteousness to give away. 
You have peace to give away. You might not be experiencing it, but the Bible declares that you have been made one with him in his death, burial, resurrection, that the whole fullness of the deity dwelt in Christ, Colossians 2, 9 through 14. Colossians 2, 9 through 14. That's for all my Facebookians who call me a heretic for this stuff. Colossians 2, 9 through 14. You can't say that the whole fullness of God lives in you. I didn't. Paul did in Colossians, all right? I just repeated him. The whole fullness of God dwelt in Christ, and you've been made complete in him. It actually is the word made replete. You know what it is? It's a word picture for a net breaking because it's too full of something. That's what righteousness, peace, and joy has done. It's crammed you full like a net to the point of breaking, and you're supposed to break open, and you're supposed to spill out. It's just people bump into you, and oh my gosh, it's just so peaceful. You know, you squeeze... A lemon, you get lemon juice. You squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. You squeeze a Christian, you should get righteousness, peace, and joy. Not anger, impatience, and churchianity. It's a good word, Caleb. That's really good. I brought my own encouragement. I'm good. Just kidding. Just messing with you. Listen, if I had to pick the most radical picture for this, if I had to pick the one place in Scripture that I would say this was modeled best, it wasn't any healing, it wasn't a miracle, it wasn't even a teaching, okay? It was in John 13, verse 1 through 5. In the Passion Translation, I'll read it to you. It says, Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be his last night on earth, before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Say full measure. Before their evening meal had begun, the accuser had already planted betrayal in the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, this is the most radical statement in the New Testament, in my opinion. Now, Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. Knowing that all things were under him, he got under them. In fact, your revelation of kingdom authority will result in servanthood. If you have any revelation of authority in the kingdom that God has given you responsibility and authorized you to do something for him, it will look like you serving them. It's not us versus them, it's us for them. It's serving them, it's washing their feet. Those with true kingdom authority are always becoming a better foot washer. Those with zero kingdom authority are always asking for their feet to be washed. My pastor is here today because we're going to ordain people. He ordained me. And one of my favorite things about Woo! I be quick. Ah! When I was on his staff, one of my favorite things about my relationship with him was he would say to me, and it bothered me at first. You don't, you don't know this. It bothered me at first. <laughs> We'd get on the phone, or I'd meet up with him or whatever, and he would say, how can I serve you? He said, my friend Caleb, how can I serve you today? I'm like, oh my gosh. It made me uncomfortable at first. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm on your staff. I work for you. Yeah, I didn't say that to him, but that's what he said to me. He said it to all of his staff. I saw a model of servant leadership. 
And you can only become what you've seen and heard. We look at the life of Jesus. All he did was serve people. He didn't ask to be served. He didn't have armor bearers. I've had three people say, I want to be your armor bearer. I said, no. No, no. I'll be yours, though. What do you need? They're like, okay, talk to you later. They're just like, it didn't even. (laughs) Anyway. Later on in that same chapter, Jesus says in John 13, if I'm your teacher and Lord and have just washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I've set for you and wash one another's dirty feet. Now do for each other what I have just done for you. This is what kingdom leadership looks like. And you, wherever you are, you don't need to hope to be a pastor or a church leader. Wherever you are, just learn to be a better foot washer. That will advance the kingdom. Go into work tomorrow and say, how can I serve my boss? How can I serve my coworker? How can I serve these people? You got money? Buy them all lunch. It's so simple. You know what I mean? You got time? Clean, clean their car for them on your lunch break. Come on. I'm trying to get practical. Serve the people around you. Let them ask you why you're doing it. Because I've, I just, I, there's a person inside of me who loves you more than I can explain. And this is all I know what to do to tell you about them, to tell you about him, is to serve you. That's all I know what to do. That's all I can do. I just have to, please, let me help you. Now, imagine the church living like that. They would be breaking the doors down to get in. We would need tents again. I'm expecting that day, just so you know. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com.